You're listening to the all-new KBLU Radio Network. That's the Blue Raven Network. Desert Southwest, out here in the Rockies, you're listening to the all-new KBLU Radio Network, Blue Raven Network. Thank you for listening. Often duplicated, never replicated, you're listening to the all-new KBLU Radio Network, Blue Raven Network. Something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down being wrong Nobody's right If everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance From behind Time we stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down A field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and they're carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Your life it will creep It starts when you're always afraid Step out of line The man come and take you away We better stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down We better stop now What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down
All right, folks, welcome. You're in the Corporation Nation. You're in the fictional reality zone here, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, I, uh, I'm your host, Clint Richardson, and with me today is a, a good friend, colleague, someone who's been on the same journey as, as me, trying to navigate our way through life, but uh, also legal life, trying to figure out this whole... Uh, corporate administrative court thing. So we're going to talk about the maxims of law and also talk about what Bert's been doing to um, literally help people out of this system. Uh, I wanted to tell you just how I met Bert because it's it's kind of a funny story. Um, you know, I did my first movie, which was The Corporation Nation, and uh, a little, little while after that, I got a call from Bert. And Bert said... Wow, you know, I just wanted to. Th- this this will show you how a a a a kind of a bad thing can actually be turned into a good thing, <laughs> and I guess it was fate. Uh, he, he said, uh, you know, I watched your movie and I I figured out, you know, I was day trading and I figured out that I could uh, go ahead and just in I, I watched your movie and and I saw what government was investing in. I saw that government was the main shareholder and all these you know massive. Uh, uh, stock holdings and all these big corporations and it's basically doing insider trading all the time and I figured hey I could I could just do what government does and not have to spend all my time day trading I just stick my money into what government's investing in because obviously if government's investing in something it probably knows uh, a little inside information so Bert calls me and uh, he tells me this how how thankful he is and I was like well that's not really the intent of the movie I can I can see why that would be uh, a side effect where um, uh, 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 other than good men would 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 see it as an opportunity or an opportunistic uh, opportunistic uh, venture to you know basically commit usury in the in the same system as government. But Bert is a good man. Bert is an honest man. Bert has uh, honor where most men don't seem to, and. Since that time, we've, which was two, three years ago, we've been uh, sort of collaborating together, teaching each other, helping each other understand the law and the legal code. Um, Bert, however, has stuck to his guns, and he has, well, he has surpassed me in many ways, and we are both, I think, at an end road right now where we have we have now navigated the system. And now we see that there's so much more to it. There's so many facets to this, and it dates back to biblical times, uh, where the testament, when you look up the word testament, we find out that it's actually a financial instrument. You have the Old Testament, and now you have the New Testament. Now these people are trying to create a third testament, which basically means the evidence of law. So... We're going to talk about that tomorrow. My guest will be Gary Long, uh, and that'll be a very interesting discussion. Challenge your reality a little bit. So uh, anyway, Bert has has uh, become one of my most respected uh, colleagues and friends, and I want to introduce him to you. Now, I know he's been on uh, Deanna's show before, but uh, let's get started, Bert. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi there, thanks. By the way, I'm not doing any kind of trading anymore because uh, my my moral values couldn't uh, 
couldn't deal with that. So I, yeah, I mean, I still have a little bit of stuff in there, but I'm basically not not dealing with that with that anymore. Well, it's a sad thing because you know you have pensioners all over the world basically just giving their money to government, who, who, and then of course taxpayers. Uh, uh, match those funds and, 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 and sometimes pay for the entire pension. And so basically I have the whole population paying taxes to government so that it can invest those taxes into the pension system so that government can own these corporations through stock investments. A really pathetic situation. And it, again, it takes, it, it, it's designed to take the responsibility out of people, but I would like to see all people tomorrow withdraw their entire pensions. Uh, you know, they'd lose their, They'd lose the taxpayer contributions, but I'd like to see people get their money out of the pension system and crash the pension system and invest in good companies. You know, because right now you, you can't help it. Your money is going to invest in Monsanto and Rand Corporation and Raytheon, all the military industrial complex. If you're a pensioner, you're basically allowing your whole retirement to be based on the thing that enslaves you. It's a, it's a really pathetic situation we're in. So I'm glad to hear that. I, I don't participate in the stock market at all because I, 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 it's pure evil. It's based on pure usury. And the prices of stock really have nothing to do with the industry, uh, the corporations that, uh, that are there. So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> you, you've, been able to, you've been able to take your knowledge. This is why I want to talk to you today. You've been able to take your knowledge and you've been able to help people, something that you don't see a lot of people trying to do. And I admire that. You've, you've, you've literally helped people out of some very, very tough situations. You've been able to navigate the court system. And you've been able to have some, some what we would call wins. Yeah, that's... That's true, but uh, the the biggest thing that I'm, um, um, I guess you could say, learning or I don't know, plateau, whatever I'm reaching, kind of like like you were talking about, is I'm beginning to to get a certain peace uh, within me. Uh, like a personal. a personal peace, you mean? Are we uh are we cutting out with Bert or is that me? Uh oh. Looks like Bert might have a bad connection. Um Bert, are we are you still there? Uh oh. Well, looks like Bert might need to have a reboot of his uh system and maybe he can uh maybe he can uh, rejoin us uh later. That's unfortunate. Or maybe they just don't want him to talk. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we were gonna we were gonna talk about uh, and go over some of the maxims of law. And when we get Bert back, uh, I know it's one of his uh, favorite subjects. And I, I'd like to read a, an introduction. This is from Ecclesia.org. And and please keep in mind that law is. Whatever your opinion of, of religion is, whatever your opinion of the Bible is, whatever your opinion of Christianity is, um, you, one thing you cannot do is dismiss the Bible. The Bible is the basis of most, if not all, law. Um, the ecclesiastical law uh, created the civil law, civil being uh, another word for morality. Um, so 
I want to read this introduction because I, I think it's a very fitting to what we're going to be talking about, and, and we'll go over some of these maxims as well. Uh, it says, when, when Jesus spoke the truth to his accusers, he would justify himself by quoting law. He would quote God's law, and after quoting God's law, which is the law of nature, by the way, uh, you can look up law of nature in uh, uh, Bouvier's Law Dictionary online or several of the others. And we read a little bit of that yesterday, uh, the day before. Uh, after quoting God's law, he would often quote the accuser's law, in other words, man's law, and use that against them as well. For example, Jesus would say, did ye never read in the scriptures? And then quote God's law. All right, folks, we'll be back after this break. Hopefully, Bert will reconnect. Stay tuned. I mean, really, you're in a corporation walking all over. You might not be able to see it, but you're in it. Jesus would say, did you never read in the scriptures and then quote God's law or the law of nature? Uh, then he would turn around and say, is it not written in your law and quote their own law? His accusers would have no answer. They could not overcome him. How could anyone overcome somebody who is obeying both God's law and man's law? If a man-made law is just, it will be in harmony with God's law. In other words, if man is acting accordingly, his laws will always be in harmony with nature and with the natural rights of man. That's all this is saying. The man's law is only good as long as it protects man's natural rights. Right. Simple, elegant, beautiful. But that's not what we have. That is absolutely not what we have in this country, this nation. Corporation. Uh, so, uh, Bert, um, you just sent me a, a, a something you wanted to talk about before we get into some of these maxims of law. But that is really the most important maxim. Uh, there, there's two very specific ones. One is that man's law should protect God's law or the law of nature. But the second one, which I really want you to talk about, is there's a maxim in there, and I can't think of what it is right now, but it's basically about contracts, how, how contracts should be honored. And that's how we really got into this whole mess in the first place. It's like making a treaty and, and just dismissing all of, all, all of nature. So you sent me a, 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 a I think you wrote up about racketeering. Why don't you tell people what, what racketeering actually is? Well, let's, um, let's look at the, uh, some of the basic, uh, definitions of racketeering. First of all, a racket is something that's defined as engaging in an operation to make money illegitimately, implying continuity of behavior. So it's a system where you are making money unlawfully and it can 
continues perpetually. So okay. we're talking uh, the Federal Reserve. We're talking most forms of taxation, the income tax. We're talking about usury. We're talking about all of these things, really, which are now basically laws in government. They're, they're uh, almost requirements in government. Yeah, which is basically what pretty much any agency of the municipality, state, or federal government engage in, and they've been engaging in it, in it for years. So if they're making money illegitimately, that constitutes a racket. Now, a racketeer is a person who makes money by violations of penal law, <coughs> violations accompanied by violence. Okay, so here we can throw in any kind of a racket that involves, for example, police force. Okay, so if they're making money illegitimately and they're using force through violence, right, then that makes the people participating in their racketeers. And now okay. when you combine the two, now you have racketeering. Sure. Um, a person who makes money by violations of the penal law. What is the penal law? Well, the penal law, of course, is going to be the laws of the state that they have in their statutes, hmm. which is, uh, I mean, there's all kind of different de definitions of it, but it's basically the, the, the laws of the state, the statutes, the codes. So it is private corporate law. It is administrative law. It is the administrative, it is the administration of the trust that we call the faith and credit of the United States, essentially. Yes, but then if we look at it from what you just finished reading a minute ago, uh, it's obviously a wrong thing to do. It's against God's law to commit racketeering. Okay. Now, the word illegitimate can also be replaced with the word de facto, which is, in fact, what our government is, correct? Yes, it's, um, it's, it's all corporation, like you said earlier, and that's what people don't realize, is that the very concept of this country, of this nation, was based on corporations. The colonies originally were little independent corporations, and together they made the United States of America which was just a corporation of corporations. So we're all under corporations, and if you look at it, at it in a more simplistic point of view, every time two or more people get involved to do anything, it's in fact some form of corporation. You're cooperating to do something for the benefit of the two. And then well, if you gee, have the... three or four million, then there you go. Well, the corp word corporation almost sounds like the word conspiracy. Just a just a plan between two or more people. So if you, I guess if you have a conspiracy, a plan, then you need to incorporate that plan. <laughs> yeah, and and the, the the part that is always missing when people talk about corporations is that if two or more people unite or to cooperate to do something, obviously for the benefit of all of them. That's why they're they're incorporating so that it will benefit everybody. Well, and this is why I like to tell people, especially there, there's a lot of, of Texas listeners, and this is a Texas station. One of the one of the maxims of, of, of law, well, I should say it's one of the teachings of, of Christ, actually, is not to put your faith in men. 
never puts your faith in men. And so we, we have this, this Congress that works together to, and conspires. We have all the governors, again, that meet in Washington, D.C. through their private associations. And yet we, we, we seem to want to put faith in this one man named Ron Paul, who is, by the way, I think the congressman with the most family members uh, employed in, in his service, uh, so he's the most nepotistic. Um, and we put our faith in, in a man. And we forget that he's part of the conspiracy. He's part of the corporation. Uh, we forget that he's a corporation's soul, that his, his, his office will be passed, his corporation will be passed. We forget all these things, and we want to put faith in the man, but it's not really even a man that is Ron Paul. Ron Paul's a corporation. You can find... Uh, he, he's also tr uh, he's the office of Ron Paul, I think it is, and he's also traded as the United States Congress, or the United States Congress also traded as Ron Paul. When we look up his corporation, I mean that that's the that's what we're dealing with here. We're not dealing with real men because those men would have to have honor. They instead enter into a corporation. They become employees, citizens, but persons. And suddenly they have limited liability. They no longer have to have honor, and they participate. Every single one of them participate in what we're talking about. They have a racket. They are racketeers, and they're racketeering together. So what is racketeering, Bert? Well, so according to the definition here, it says, an organized conspiracy to commit the crimes of extortion or coercion or attempts to commit extortion or coercion. <laughs> From the standpoint of extortion, it is the obtaining of money or property. And remember, people, that property is your right to be free, your inherent right to be free. That's also property. That's your most important property. Okay, So money or property from another with his consent, so you could actually have his consent and it will still be racketeering, induced by the wrongful use of force or fear. So if you obtain his consent through wrongful use of force and you made money off of it, that's racketeering. And let's, let's also remember that the word violence does not necessarily mean beating the heads of people. Violence can be putting a lien on your property and then attaching it to your property tax and eminent demanding your home. That's violence. That's extortion. That's exaction. We will be right back with uh, Freeman Burt from Colorado. Stay tuned. Nation. And again with me is Freeman Burt from Colorado. Uh, I'd like to just <laughs> give you an example of what government considers violence. And this is actually a reference to labor unions, but this is this is the stuff that government considers violent. It's very interesting, actually. Violence in labor disputes is not limited to physical contact or injury, but may include picketing, conducted with misleading signs, false statements, uh, publicity, and veiled threats by words and acts. Isn't that interesting? Because, um, you know, by law, 
as we've discovered, uh, government can provide misinformation. It's actually legal uh, in the legal realm to, uh, to, to provide misinformation, to not expose the law that you're even uh, uh, accused of breaking. I mean, the, 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 the contradiction of what people can do compared to what, is, what government can do with its licenses to kill and to harm and to extort and to exact are, are quite stunning when you start realizing, uh, you know, the things that it can do to us, we can't do to it. It's, 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 it's fascinating, really. But So let's go on with racketeering. We've, we've discovered that racketeers are uh, people or persons, I should say, legal fictions, who make money by violations of, the, of their own law. Uh, engaging in an operation to make money illegitimately through their de facto government, their uh, presumption of authority that we would, uh, of course, need to rebut. And now we're on to the word racketeering, which is combining those two definitions. So, Bert, please continue. Yes, and then it says, uh, the fear which constitutes the legally necessary element in extortion is induced by oral or written threat to do an unlawful injury to the property of the threatened person by means of explosives, fire, or otherwise, and to kill, kidnap, or injure him or a relative of his or some member of his family. So that's part of it. Well, okay. just... let, me, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um... Did did you just say terrorism? <laughs> did did you just say government terrorism is actually racketeering? Racketeering? Pretty I mean, that's much. what it sounded like. That's what it sounded yeah. like. Please continue. Yeah, and if you read the definition of of domestic terrorism in the U.S. Code, you you swear you're talking about your so-called government. <laughs> so anyway, then it says from the standpoint of coercion, it usually takes the form of compelling by use of similar threats to person or property a person to do or abstain from doing an act and this is my favorite part abstain from doing an act so if they can prevent you from doing something that you lawfully can do that right there is also um, racketeering uh, which such other person has the legal right to do and legal right also means lawful right. Doesn't only mean statutory right. People confuse that term. Uh, or abstain from doing such as joining a so-called protective association to protect his right to conduct a business or trade, kind of like joining in the mafia for protection. But in fact, that's what you get when they force you to get a business license. They're coercing you into the protection of the state because they're saying without that license, you cannot engage into doing whatever you're doing. And therefore, they're, coer- they're coercing you into abstaining from doing something that you have all the right in the world to do. Well, it's interesting because I asked you a long time ago. I said, hey, Bert, I want to I start a business, but I don't want to be a corporation. I don't want to register my business with government so that it controls everything I do, forces me to pay tax, forces me to obey its laws, its, its legal uh, fictions. I just want to be – I want to incorporate without uh, uh, asking permission from government. How, how can I do that? And what, what, what's the answer? 
Well, you well you can't not if you not if you're going to do it associated with the government, because anything you do with them, you're doing it by asking for some kind of permission. So, from what I'm learning now, basically you would have to uh, you know engage in your business, doing what you're going to do, and the minute they begin to attempt to exercise any form of racketeering on you, you need to go on the offensive and sue them. For racketeering. <laughs> for racketeering. <laughs> for terrorism. <laughs> That's funny. And, you know, another perfect example of racketeering is the driver's license, right? Because they're trying to, uh, to abstain your behavior, right? They're trying to prevent you from doing something that you have all the right in the world to do to move yeah. from point A to point B. So they're requiring a, a, a license to do what is a maximum of law, of law, which is to travel freely. Yeah, yeah. so they're requiring you, and this is an, another uh, interesting way to look at a license, and uh, it hit me like a cold bucket of water from, from Tom. Um, he said, people believe that they're giving the state that they're getting a license from the state, right? Like a driver's license, marriage license, or business license. But in fact, it's the other way around. You're the one giving the state the license to control you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, basically, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's two forms of of contract, two two main forms. One, of course, is the bilateral contract where you and me would sign a contract together and as men we would honor that contract and if we don't honor it then we could take each other or sue each other lawfully and then there's the kind of contract that we get into with government which is it's a real ironic contract it's kind of like being forced into the matrix you sign your name on a piece of paper that government creates with all kinds of rules and regulations but you see it doesn't sign the contract it is a unilateral Contract. In other words, uni, meaning one, so you, the individual, and lateral, meaning you're handing over all your rights to government for no reason whatsoever, just so you can have a little piece of paper that says you have free speech or the right to travel or, uh, you know, it doesn't really make sense when you think about it. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we voluntarily contract to do everything that we can do without a license? I mean, why do we do this? It's it's amazing. Uh, when I saw my first uh, office uh, that that said you can get permits for free speech, I said, okay, <laughs> something's crazy. going on here. Very 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 wrong. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about that when you were going to go to the to the airport to pass out your flyers. I think we talked about that. But but yeah, people do it all the time. They go to the airport to uh, exercise their they're supposedly right of freedom of speech, and then they go and get a permit. <laughs> so, again, a unilateral, one individual handing over their rights in exchange for government-granted privileges. Does that really make sense? I mean, because really, like, when I was at the airport, they couldn't do anything to me because I hadn't got a permit. That Literally, right. they couldn't tell me what to do. And that video is on my website, actually, all the way at the bottom, thecorporationnation.com. Mm -hmm. You really should watch it because... It was the national opt-out day, and I'm like, so wait a minute, you, you you want me to get a a permit for free speech? But if I don't get the permit, then you have no power over me. So you want me to get the mm -hmm. permit so that I hand over unilaterally all my rights, so that you can dictate what my new political rights are? I don't think so, buddy. Yeah, and see, here's here's the thing: it's like um, going back to the uh, 
using the driver's license as an example because this is a this is a hot topic for everybody, right? And uh, people that want to stand free, they want to use the driver's license as a way of uh, exposing their their freedom. Um, but a lot of people don't really understand the whole the whole concept of a of a driver's license or a license at all. But here's the point: if you don't have a driver's license, okay, if you don't even have one, and you're on the road and you get pulled over, okay, by the officer exercising his emergency lights, which right there and then he already violated his, the law just by turning on his emergency lights for a non-emergency purpose. So anyway, he comes over to you and he starts asking you for a driver's license. You say, I'm sorry, I don't have one to give you. And he says, well, I'm going to have to arrest you because you're driving without a driver's license. Well, from that point, if you keep your mouth closed and don't say a single word and he takes you to jail and, you know, you go through the whole nine yards, the burden of proof is on who? It's not on you. It's on them. And we always forget who has the burden of proof. That Those people who arrested you who are uh, obviously exercising some form of racketeering because they're preventing you from making use of the highway, and they're actually acting like highwaymen, okay? Look up the definition of a, of a highwayman. It's nothing. It's not a state patrol, Okay. And when they take you through their system, they have to prove, not you. Right, right. And the, this is where the presumption comes in. So, all right, we're going to be back oh, yet again. You're on in the Corporation Nation. Again, you're in the Corporation Nation. My guest today is uh, uh, Freeman Burt from Colorado. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your your YouTube channel and your, your website. And um, also you've been lately doing some... Uh, some classes for people, and you're—I mean, headed <laughs> to you, man. You're trying to really get organized and get other people organized to learn this stuff. So, why don't you tell us about uh, your only Freeman site? Yeah, well, I have uh, this Freeman site that, thanks to you, I got started. <laughs> if it weren't for you, I wouldn't even have started at all. <laughs> thanks well, to Clint, I was able to. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I could say the same thing about you, man. <laughs> www. Period. Only free men. M e n. dot com. Only free men. dot com. And, and let's, let's be clear here: you're not excluding uh, the female of species. We're all men. We're all mankind. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we're referring to. Because free men include uh, include everybody, um, and of course. You know, there's different meanings of freeman, but the way I'm referring to freeman is just simply as being someone free under God. <clears throat> okay, that's what I mean by that. Um, but we're trying to set up this this 
website so that people can actually go there and register for a uh, for a small um, monthly contribution. And we're looking at maybe somewhere like $17 or $19, uh, somewhere around there we're going to do it. And then this will also give them access to this live session that we're going to be doing. Um, it'll be at least four times a, a month we'll be conducting this these live sessions, and we'll record the sessions and put them up on the on the website so that people can then listen to them at their leisure because the material is is pretty deep and you kind of have to listen to it several times and then go through all the research. Uh, uh, data that we provide um, because I don't want anyone to take anything that I say as being any kind of of a law okay I'm just simply acting as a as a guide and then sharing my research for people and then let them make their own conclusion about the material well and, I mean uh, your your uh, your website is a good example of that you know like like Bert said he's he's defining what a freeman is he's defining his law and you have to do that in in court in in your legal documents you don't just rely on some old court opinion to tell you what uh, a word means you can literally tell the government what you mean and what your law is and that's one of the most important things i think that bird is teaching yeah and you know one thing that's really funny is that people go to court and they go under the assumption that the United States Constitution or even their state constitution is at play in that court. They don't realize that if, unless the prosecutor is bringing in the Constitution, it has no place in there. The only law that is at play is the law that is put before the judge. I mean, there's a lot of court cases that say the citizen is not party to the Constitution. It's it's not for the citizen. It's 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 simply to tell government what it can and can't do. It has nothing to do with, as far as something that you can introduce into the court to protect you. That's not what it's for. It's it's right. to limit government. Yeah, I mean that's a big big misconception. And uh, also the word constitutional is is used so so many times uh, in a, in an incorrect way. Um, I mean the constitute I mean it would be like saying something is is either Walmart Walmart tentacle or or not I mean it's just a corporate charter that's all it is Yes and actually that's a, that's a good point to bring up because most constitutional challenges uh will fall flat on their face because yes. most constitutional challenges have have no merit because almost anything that the so-called government does is in fact constitutional, 100% constitutional. The question is, is the application constitutional? That's the question. And that's a question that is almost all the time left out. Yeah. Well, and, and let's not forget, I mean, we, we often make the mistake of saying that the Constitution created something or did something, but in fact, all the Constitution really does is create what you might call a, a, a I don't know, a precedent or an idea, a, a, a maxim even of, of, of man's law that says we should not have, say, uh, slavery anymore. It doesn't mean that it ended slavery. It just means that it created the function in which legislation can now end slavery. That's See, the Constitution, it's, it's again, it's just a corporate charter. Go to any corporation, they're going to have their, their Constitution, 
or their corporate charter, and then they're going to have all their bylaws and everything that, that forms all the things that are in the Constitution. Okay, they're going to have to do their elections, okay? The Constitution didn't create George Washington, it created an office. The office was then fulfilled through legislation and through the acts of uh, legislation and through the, you know, the, the, the point is, every, like you say, everything is basically constitutional. It's a myth. It's a fallacy. Um, what part of that I, I'm, I'm really interested in now is I've, I've been hearing this argument lately that there's no such thing as a, a well, I won't say no such thing, but con- sheriffs aren't constitutional. You can't have a constitutional sheriff. Um, for instance, a C- Connecticut doesn't have sheriffs. Alaska doesn't really have sheriffs. There's no such thing as a constitutional sheriff. Um, the the concept of that is, again, a sort of a fallacy that we all want to believe in so bad, because, again, we, want, we all want to believe we still live in 1776 or whatever. We've we, we got to realize that this word that we're using doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, uh, it, it's so hard to explain, too, you know? Well... Well, I wouldn't go to that full extent that it doesn't mean anything because it means a lot of things to different people. And that's, and that's where I take my approach. My approach is that whether right or wrong, most people believe that this country is operated by the fact that they honor some of these principles that are in this supposed constitution. So if we use that as part of the game, then we will come to find out that these people in court are very hesitant about saying, no, you're wrong. Because that's going to cause a lot of people to get upset. So whether it's true or not, it's it's a tool that plays into the game. Well, you know, we talked with Jan Irvin on Tuesday, and we basically covered the fallacies. And if you can point out the fallacy of the application of law you've you've really i mean you if you point out the contradiction uh this racketeering definition is fantastic by the way it's it's it basically describes the full corporate function of of government i mean it's it's really quite comprehensive with just about every aspect of government actually racketeering i mean who'd have thought so i don't know only free men only free men dot com um I I I would like to actually, you know, I'm, I don't want to invite myself, but I would actually like to turn that into a, a realistic, you know, they have this thing called prepaid legal services, which, um, you know, I, I'm not going to offer my opinion on, but it's legal services, like with attorneys and all that. I, I would like to see you start something similar to that where someone can call and say, my gosh, I just got r- railroaded. I just got a, a massive... Um, racketeering happened to me what do i do and they you know you can call and actually talk to someone or at least send an email and get an answer not legal advice just hey here's here's what you need to 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 help yourself i mean isn't that what isn't that what christ did isn't isn't that what um is that wasn't that the whole purpose was to not give someone a fish but to um teach them how to fish exactly exactly right, so right. so we're, we're 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 trying we're trying to to see how we can make this thing available to to as many people as possible because there's a lot of people out there that have a good heart you know and what what's funny is that um, many people in this movement have their heart in the right place yes. and and i would never say that that i have the correct answer and that someone else has the wrong answer but we're all trying different things, and we're all 
approaching. Basically, we're all headed toward the same light, but we all don't follow the same path. And the one thing that I'm definitely trying to avoid is trying to make this like an ego thing. Because if I am wrong about something, you want to I want to be the first one to know. Yeah, and you know, I, let's, let's just make that an open invitation to the audience. If I'm wrong about something, you better be telling me. But you better be telling me not with fallacy, but with fact. Prove your claim. That's all I ask. I'll be wrong, and I'll be very happy to admit it. In fact, I'll be glad to be wrong about some of the stuff I've learned. We're going to be back with Bert for the second hour here. Stay tuned on the Corporation Nation. Nation, you're on the Corporation Nation, or in it, uh, with uh, Clint Richardson. I'm your host, and today, uh, Bert, Freeman Bert from Colorado is with me. Um, I wanted to reread this, too, because I just find this... I'm so glad you introduced this into my world here, Bert, because this is just, it's hilarious. It's, it's a perfect description of government and what it does to us, and it even mentions that it is a, a voluntary action. And I find this to be, yet again, another perfect example of how we are enslaved to our own, uh, basically, ignorance, our, our own lack of imagination. We, we can't imagine that government could be this bad to us. So I'm going to read this again. This is the full definition of racketeering here. An organized conspiracy. An organized conspiracy to commit the crimes of extortion or coercion, or attempts to commit extortion or coercion. <clears throat> from the standpoint of extortion, it is the obtaining of money or property from another with his consent. In other words, voluntarily, even if we don't understand that we're giving our consent, it's given anyway. Uh, so the obtaining of money or property from another with his consent induced by the wrongful use of force or fear, i.e., Terrorism, financial terrorism, uh, threatening to take your children. There's all kinds of, of force or fear. I mean, really, this is just incredible. The fear 
which constitutes, there you go, the word constitution again, used in its proper form, the fear which constitutes the legally necessary element in extortion is induced by oral or written threats to do an unlawful injury to the property of the threatened person by means of explosives, fire, or otherwise, which basically covers everything, and to kill, kidnap, uh, think CPS, or injure him, or a relative of his, think your child, or some member of his family. Again, so uh, from the standpoint of coercion, it usually takes the form of compelling by use of similar threats to person or property a person to do or abstain from doing an act which such other person has the legal right to do or abstain from doing. Here we're talking about the status of some persons over others. Wait a minute, thought we were all equal such as joining a so-called protective association to protect his right to conduct a business or trade. And please keep in mind that we're in, when we're reading these um, definitions, I assume this one's from Black's Law, though it's not documented, it is basically coming from the opinions of past cases, precedent set, that sort of thing, public law, da-da-da-da-da, this one appears to be a Supreme Court uh, from United States versus McGlone. Um, I don't see a year there, but that, is that Black's Law? By the, by the way, yeah, it's, it's from yeah. Black's Law. So this is a D.C. case, District so, of Columbia case. So, so well, I mean, let's let's just use our imagination here, and let's imagine what could possibly be considered racketeering. The first thing I, you said was well, a driver's license, right? How about mm -hmm. uh, how about Social Security? You're, you're forced to pay into a pension scheme, right? That's, uh, I mean, that's socialized racketeering, correct? Yeah, I mean, an example would be like you go, you want to open up a bank account. And they say, we can't give you a bank account because you don't have a Social Security number. Ah, so it's not only the forcing of you to do something, it's the denial. It's the negative. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, look at it, too. Yeah, so they're 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 it's it's a form of racketeering because they're trying to get you to to enter the office, a federal office, in order for them to be able to recognize you. That's really what it means. They say, "Oh, we can't open an account for you because you don't have a social security number," which means we can't recognize you. We cannot see you unless you dress up like a federal agent. Then we can do business with you, which means that it's nothing but pure discrimination because they will not treat you as a free um, citizen within your own state, which is, you know, what supposedly existed at the time of the Articles of Confederation, before the federal government was created. So you cannot be recognized as you're simply a citizen of your particular state. They will only recognize you as a citizen of the federal government. So it's, it's a denial. It's a, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all legal fiction, but they'll, they'll only recognize you in the legal fiction of being one of the federal government. They will not recognize you as being one of the state that you're in. But yet, this bank is there doing business in your state, and they're, don't, they're refusing to recognize you. <clears throat> well, and, and, you know, it's, again, the misconception that we all have, and I think... What I'm starting to realize is one of the biggest obstacles that we have to to becoming uh, ourselves again, to being free, 
is the state of, of what's referred to as commerce, the commercial code, basically. And one of the big problems with that is that the government has created not only a monopoly on the system of trade, which is the dollar, uh, but also it has created laws against any other forms of system of trade, which is, again, racketeering. It's, it's forcing the use of only one currency, so that no other currencies can, uh, you know, compete, basically. And I've certainly have met, uh, you know, I met the guy, I uh, forgot his name, but he's the one that was making silver coins that went to jail for making silver coins. Uh, he did a speech here in Utah. So, I mean, <laughs> printing silver is uh, apparently a crime because it, uh, it, it, it is um, competition against the racketeering and the racketeers of government. That's, I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> so one of our problems is how do we escape a system, uh, especially one that is, is literally using what I now consider the, the biblical, um, you know, take it for what it's worth, the biblical mark of the beast, to, to make sure that you cannot work, <clears throat> you cannot uh, uh, get services, you cannot get anything, you cannot do anything without the mark, be it the social security number, the biometric ID, the, the implants, whatever it's going to be. I mean, it's, 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 it's here, it's now. Uh, there is a section in U.S. Code, uh, I believe it's Title 42, I'm not sure, but it's a Title 666, folks. Title 666, I suggest that one of these days you spend a little time and you read that because it has to do with your children. It has to do with not being able to get a job without a Social Security number. It has, it has to do with forms of racketeering that force you into accepting the racket. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you, and, you know, going back to the Social Security thing that you were saying, because I, I get a lot of people calling me and asking me questions about well, but you know, how am I going to get a job? You know, I work for a corporation, blah blah blah, and I need they want to they won't hire me if I don't have a social security number. Well, the truth is, you don't need a social security to engage in a private agreement, which is trading your labor for some form of compensation. The very constitution says that it protects the right of uh, contracts. Okay, so if that is understood to mean anyone's right of contract then that would include you and that is an inherent right in the in the bible as well so it's a god-given right that you have to enter into any contract that you want to enter into but anyway if you were to get into that that will trigger a whole series of lawsuits that you would have to fight yeah well, and, and that's just it. That's where the violence comes in, because violence is strictly action, whether that's legal or other. It doesn't just, it's not just bloodshed. It's, it's getting out and doing something, defending your own rights. All right, folks, we'll be back after this short break.
Williams. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining me today on this fourth edition of the Corporation Nation Radio. Hope to be with you a long time coming. With me today is Freeman Burt. I know a lot of people probably out there are, are, are probably dying to talk to you, Burt, because uh, not a lot of people out there doing what you're doing, which is, again, to, to help people. I mean, <laughs> all, 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 to the point of, 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 of attempting to 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 make a, a a living off of this but still somehow being selfless in your attempts to help people because you know it's i mean it's it's tough it's really tough i'm in the same boat so i i commend you and and we'll we'll take some calls here uh, as soon as they start coming in um you, you, over the break you sent me another definition um and, and I wanted you to go ahead and talk about that because, you know, in the middle, in the first part of the show, we said you can define your own law. Um, in fact, you must define your own law or otherwise the presumption will be that it's government law or man's law. So tell us, tell us what the definition of definition is. Well, and the reason that this is very important is because in order to understand the definitions, for example, as you're reading through statutes or codes, is you have to know what the definition of a definition is, otherwise it would make no sense to you. <laughs> so, so definition is an enumeration, no, is enumeration of the principal ideas of which a compound idea is formed to ascertain and explain its nature and character or it is that which denotes and points out the substance of a thing to us. And this is from Bovier's 1856. A definition ought to contain every idea which belongs to the thing defined and excludes all others. See, that's the most important part of a definition, is that a definition is actually an exclusion. Because if you were to define a cow as being all four-legged mammals, well, that's a terrible definition. So you have to be so specific about the definition of the cow that it excludes horses, cats, dogs, and everything else. So he goes on to, to say, a definition should be first universal. That is such that it will apply equally to all individuals of the same kind. Proper, that is, such that it will not apply to other individuals of any other kind. Clear, that is, without any equivocal, equivocal, I can never pronounce that, <laughs> vague or unknown word. Short, that is, without any useless words. Boy, the Congress is... They love useless words. <laughs> or yeah. any foreign to the idea intended to be defined. And, I mean, it, it, it goes on. And then um, uh, Black's well, Law says, hold on, let me just finish this one. To explain or state the exact meaning of words and phrases. To state explicitly. To limit. There's the important part. To limit. To determine essential qualities of, to determine the precise signification of, to settle, to establish or prescribe authoritatively, to make clear. If the definition is not clear, 
It's useless. I, I see above it also says, <laughs> all ideas are not susceptible of definitions, and many words cannot be defined. And that's uh, true. This, this inability is frequently supplied in a considerable degree by descriptions. So we have definitions and descriptions. You know, only, only the law society, only the attorneys could come up with this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It has to be said. But it also has to be said that this proves a point that you gave to, that you mentioned to me a long time ago. Okay. Forget all these gurus. Forget all these people who write these long, drawn out things and then want to sell you these long, uh, you know, papers. You don't have to do that. A definition should be very simple and to the point without foreign words. It should be very clear. Therefore, a definition can be five words. It doesn't have to be five pages. No. So, it just has to so be usable. Right. So when you're uh, utilizing what Bird is teaching, when you're utilizing language, it should be very simple. You don't need to include all kinds of crazy stuff in there. You don't need all this stuff that, like I said, these gurus who want to sell you a product, you don't need that. You just need the very, very basics. And the more you put in your demand letters, the more you put in your cases, the more chance you're going to screw up and get yourself in trouble. That's true. Uh, sim simplicity is powerful. Hmm. So powerful. And that's, again... Uh, nature is certainly not simple in its in its effect and form and structure, but it's so obvious, uh, especially when you understand the mathematical quality of it. It's 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 just such a beautiful thing. It doesn't need um, it doesn't need man's definition. It just is, and that's the beautiful thing about natural law too. It's very simple to understand, and it's very simple to understand how government totally destroys the law of nature. Yeah. Now, now going along those those lines, because another problem that I have with 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 people that contact me, I've actually had people <laughs> people contact me that they received. I had one guy that actually was calling me in the middle of the night to because I made the mistake of giving him my phone number, and the guy received a check in the mail. He did some kind of a closing, and he received a check by error for a few thousand dollars. And he knew that it was an error of the realtor. And he went ahead and cashed it and made use of that money. And then he's trying to get my help to help him get out of it. So this is participation in fraud, uh, which basically makes you guilty of the fraud. The fr yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> this is where the word honor comes in. And if, if you just stick to being honorable, you're never going to have these problems. And I know you get a lot of people call you that have have all kinds of issues because they're already in their the problem. They're already part of the problem. And so the solution, which is the end of contract, is difficult because a lot of times, uh, for instance, you explain like the second mortgage. If you take a second mortgage on your house, you're participating in a known fraud. You're getting money uh, from the, the equity of your home. So you're not going to be able to just say, well... No bank, you didn't really loan me any of your money. You've participated. You've you've knowingly and consciously done so. So that's not something that you can help people with necessarily, right? Right. I mean, you ha you have to begin from a point of, of honor. And what a lot of people that that try to you know go down this supposed uh, line of being free and 
I don't know, whatever people call it different things. What they really mean is, hey, I want to be responsible. Hey, I want to be a free man, and I have to worry about responsibility. Yeah, and the best definition of being free is being free of debt. A debt is a debt is not just monetary. A debt can be many different things, but monetary debt is, of course, the tool of choice with government. Yes, and 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 the part that is crucial for people to to understand is that with freedom comes huge liabilities. Huge liabilities, not duties, forced contractual obligations. That's the difference. One is honorable, one is contractual. All right, guys, we'll be right back and take some calls. Uh, anyone who wants to talk to Bert, call in now. Derivatives, quantitative easing, trade imbalances, recession, low GDP, nations close to collapsing, and subprime loans, foreclosed homes, and people's taxes spent to bail out too big to fail, triple A banks again. Fear levels rising as the US crash seems imminent, having smashed the debt ceiling of 14 trillion despite protests and clashes in Athens streets. The IMF imposed structurally unjust programs in Greece, where in fact the term economy entered our language from the Greek oikonomia, meaning household management. Well, how are we managing? Theories abound, but in practice, does anyone actually know what the hell's even happening? Well, seems we've come to our global auditing, our financial day of reckoning. It's an interesting quandary. Have we invested too much in this enterprise to admit the solution might lie in its very demise? For our real economy is something much broader. It's GDP measured not by our ability to hoard, but our capacity to relearn and earn our place in nature's order and thus remain on this planet arc, our Pandora. All right, folks, welcome back. You're on the Corporation Nation. Um, Bert, um... You know, we have, uh, we have some callers, and uh, I know a lot of people were looking forward to uh, hearing you tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and take one, if you don't mind. Go ahead. All right, we have uh, Chris in Las Vegas. Well, Welcome. Good, good evening, Clinton, especially Bert. Howdy. What do you mean, especially Bert? <laughs> well, he's doing all the work. I probably should have said him first. I apologize for my inappropriate <laughs> pronouncement of the guest in the. Uh, I, I demand a definition of definition of your definition. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, a fellow uh, political pundit, I think, by the name of Voltaire, observed that before we speak, let us define our terms. That's right. Good point. And I would kind of. You know, I'm really taken with Bert's knowledge of the word terms, the etymology of word, if one will. And it's very, very important because there are so many different definitions in professional trade associations specifically that have great impacts on all of us every day, whether we choose to believe it or not. True. Very it's true. Nothing. How about that? Uh, how about that bar association? Hmm? Ah, there. The attorneys, uh, those demonic godmen who twist and turn the words of art to their own favor against the rest of us, are a particularly insidious cult. Yes. In fact, hey, that, that reminds me, Bert. What does the word illicit mean? <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us what the word illicit means. My favorite word, actually. <laughs> yes. The root meaning of it means to. Illicit, right? Well, illicit to to extract through trickery and magic. <laughs> That's a very good one. I've, I recently discerned the word privilege to mean private law. 
Yeah, actually, actually, that, that, that's what a privilege is, because the privilege is coming from a specific group that is protecting that privilege. So, so it's it's private because it's only private to that group. Well, in private law, of course, is for special classes of people, but many Americans don't realize that private law is foreign to the American absolute natural common law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the the common law thing it's 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 a word that I'm I'm actually uh, I mean I've used it before in paperwork, but I'm I'm. I'm hesitating now from using even that expression because it's a very dangerous uh, uh, word or expression to use because, remember, there used to be common law in England, and people used to get their head cut off by common law. The following definition is from A Dictionary of Law by William C. Anderson in 1893. It says, Roman law, the common law of England has been largely influenced by the Roman law in several respects through the development of commercial law. So <laughs> it gets a little it gets a little dangerous when we use the word Yeah, the term common law. So so the the most I mean if we look at it from a technical point of view, the most common common law is what? God's law. Which has been around for the longest time. But that doesn't mean it's limited to that. That's the problem. We have to define mm-hmm. what, com- what our common law is. We can't just say the word common law because here's another definition from the Dictionary of Law. It says, a custom of mer- merchants, a system of cut customs originating among merchants and, and allowed for the benefit of trade as part of the common law. I mean, it, it, gets, it gets real... Uh, uh, dicey and confusing when you start adding all these layers so this is why i think your your definition of definition was so apropos because we can we literally define what our common law is we don't let government define it for us and you know if it's influenced by roman law and every symbol in government has a a roman fasci on it including the the you know when you're watching congress you see obama or the the speaker of the house stand up there and you have two fasci uh, right next to him, you, you, you got to wonder <laughs> which common law are we in, Roman or, or American? Well, if you don't mind, my I did qualify mine as absolute natural common law, which I think refers to the Creator's law. But I do know about the just specialis and the just civilis, which is the ancient Roman civil law, and I would propose it really wasn't that civil for the underling classes, it's separate from the elitist classes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but your word commerce, of course, if you etymology that, it comes back from uh, from by or through war. Mer- from the mercenary, from the blood red, angry red planet, the war planet, the destroyer planet, the mercurial people, the mercenaries who disguise themselves as merchants to gain special access to their intended victims that they had special access to by their disguises of merchantry, uh, barristry in some cases. <laughs> it's, it's really quite curious when you start learning the really true meanings of words as opposed to the fabricated fictions of words that they teach you in the public pool schools. You know what? You know what, Chris? I don't think I'm going to have you back because because now I feel like I'm I'm not even preaching to the choir. You're like you're you're like better than me at this. 
You can't well, call in again. I mean, if the if the audience is this educated, then what am I here for? Well, we're hopefully we're all sharing and learning together. I've learned there from you Bert and you already, and I really appreciate it. And hopefully, I've got something to table to help you guys too. You I bet. Kid. Call Thank back anytime, sir. my friend. Do you have a, do you have a question? Thank you so very, very much. Be blessed, Thank Bert. Thank you. And be Thank sure you. to repeat your website again. Ten four. Why don't you do that now, Bert? Is Freeman dot com. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Onlyfreemen dot com. Oh, the absent-minded professor here. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, we never got into uh, the maxims of law, and I, I don't think we have time to do that now. But no, I'm, gonna that, have you, I'm gonna have to come back, man. That's a deep subject. There you're you're go. gonna have to be a regular because you're already, you've already got fans here, obviously. Uh, I'm taking no, my usual, so I'm regular. <laughs> I don't want to use the word fans. No fans here. Just just a a, a, a group of of like-minded individuals. Um, let's take uh, Richard in Washington while we're at it. Richard, you there? Yeah. Uh, yep. Great call uh, or great show. And uh, I'm glad you finally got your own show. Uh, I'm the guy that was quote unquote not allowed to talk to you on on uh, Deanna's show. Uh, and and my question kind of ties to the last caller. Uh, I'm assuming you know the forty. Uh, uh, outrageous facts that most Americans don't know or most men don't know. I, I assume you've looked over those. And in the quotes of those ones, eight and nine, there are no judicial courts in America, and there has not been since 1789. Uh, there have not been there have not been judges in America since 1789. There have just been administrators, and that ties in with number 30. Military dictator George Washington divided the states into districts. Mm-hmm. So. In, in my whole attack at, at, at how we can deal with the situation that we're presently in, I find there are no courts to actually deal with any of the issues that we would want to bring up. All you can deal with is a debt situation, monetary situation, contract so, so situation. In other words, there's no court for grievances, is what you're saying. There you go. There's no, no court for the law. You guys were just talking about the law. What court do you take to establish the law or get it implemented? Actually, there is a court. I mean, in every state you have what is known as the court of record, court of general jurisdiction, and there's only one in every state. And that's that third court from the top. And that general yes. jurisdiction basically means that there is no limit, which is right. Very important. You, can every other in, court, you can bring in your law. Yeah, every other court has a limit. You can go to vaccine court. You can go to divorce court. You can go to family court. You can go to... All these other different courts, but the what is that court actually? Is that it's not an appellate court, is it? I can't remember. Well, it, the, different states is different. They're called different. Yeah. Like in Colorado, it's called the district court. In some places, it's called the superior court. In others, it's called the circuit court. But they don't want you to access that court. And right now, oh. I am in a battle, okay, with a court clerk because they're trying to get me to pay a fee, which I don't mind paying a fee, but the the paying the fee is, in fact, a trap to get you to buy into a commercial court, yeah. like you're talking about, so that you can then access an administrative court that deals only with statutory law. Government always wants to provide a service. If they're providing a service, then they can get you into private law, basically. And if you have to pay for it, you're obviously in commerce. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Richard, hold on the line. We're going to go on a break. Um, again, you're on the Corporation Nation coming up with the last segment here, so stay tuned. We'll be back. Then what you're waiting for? We've already stripped you of your liberty, privacy, civil rights, and dignity. You want some more? 
Welcome back to the final segment. Pretty quick segment, Bert. Uh, we still have our caller on the line. I just wanted to read something real quick just to get you in the mood. Now, I wrote a, 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 a blog entry. If you're not familiar with my blog, it's realityblogger with one G dot WordPress dot com. It's where I keep most of my research. Uh, again, all free. Um, Title 42 of U.S. Code, Chapter 7, Subchapter 4, Part D, Subsection 666. Now, let's say that you're a father, uh, like the gentleman we were talking about earlier, who actually had to just leave uh, because his, uh, his alimony payments, child support, was so much that it ruined him. So let's say you're in that case. Here's what it says, and this is the um, this is why I call the Social Security and this government citizenship thing the mark of the beast. And uh, this this particular article is called Social Security, the International Mark of the Beast. Please keep in mind that Social Security is oh I have to think about this over in over 130 or 140 countries. The United States is in contract with 19 countries in the Social Security Administration. China has the same Social Security we do. It's just socialism. It's called the Social Security System of China. Okay, this is a massive, massive grouping of all individuals in the world. We're becoming a globalist society. In fact, we already are. Let's not be. Let's not fear it anymore because we're already there. Now is the time to fight it because it's in its 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 birth. Uh, we need to put it into its death. So here's what it says, okay? And this is this is basically the definition of um, what we said earlier, which is racketeering. Uh, this is paragraph 16 in section 666. Authority to withhold or suspend licenses. Procedures under which the state has and uses in appropriate cases. Authority, authority to withhold or suspend or to restrict the use of driver's licenses, professional and occupational licenses, and recreational and sporting licenses of individuals owing overdue support or failing after receiving appropriate notice, very important, to comply with subpoenas or warrants relating to paternity or child support proceedings. Now, basically, that fits our our definition of racketeering. In other words, this is if if you have the mark, the, the you know the the number of the beast, the beast being the United States Social Security number, the International Social Security Administration, in fact, is run by the World Bank through the United Nations. If you have the mark, then they are going to be able to first force you to get a license to do everything you you could do for free, and then second, take away that license. In other words, limit your ability to do anything, including driving. Uh, sporting, licensing, fishing, hunting, um, also your business license, professional occupational licenses. So in other words, they can turn you off as a person. And when we go to a cashless society, this is going to make a whole lot more sense. And this is not going to just apply to child support proceedings. This is going to apply to everything. If you're not a good little citizen, guess what? You're not going to get the benefits uh, pro that are provided to you. And, and this is why I say, in order to be an honorable man, to do what we're saying, we're going to have to get rid of debt. We're going to have to get out of this system. And we're going to have to say no to this mark. And I refer to Social Security, the International Social Security Administration, which basically has its roots in all countries at this point, all first world countries. That is the mark. That is the beast. And, and that is what is happening right now. I apologize. I, I don't take up so much time. Uh, caller, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Well, yes, and before I say that, I'll support you by saying uh, number seven of the uh, outrageous facts, Social Security numbers are issued by the U.N. through the IMF. 
So basically, it's a world system. So uh, it, it's something that has already been instituted, and we're just uh, kind of uh, catching up with the actual fact. Uh, but I had a question for Bert. Uh, has he ever accessed or, or impaneled the court that he knows exists, but, but even knowing that it exists, can we actually access it? Well, I mean that's what I'm that's what I'm doing right now. I mean I mean I'm in that fight. I'm in that battle because the the Colorado Constitution and the Colorado statutes make it clear that there is this court of general jurisdiction, unlimited jurisdiction, and it's fully funded by the state. So if it is there, then we have to be able to access it. And they lay every trap in your way so that you will not be able to access that court. And it seems like the hard part is accessing the, the key figure, which is the court clerk. Now, there's all kinds of clerks in the court, and they're just secretaries. The highest bonded, in other words, the person with the most insurance in their bond, the highest person is not the judge. It is the court clerk. They're the most important part of the court and they can also issue summary judgments you don't need to go to court you can just require the court clerk to pass uh you know to to say that your case won because the other party didn't answer the demand that's right there's a lot of powers that the court clerk has but no one wants you to know about it because they want you to get the whole goal of the courts is to get you in front of a judge yes that's the whole uh, purpose of everything and you don't need to be in front of a judge. Actually, you don't want to be in front of a judge. You want to be in front of a magistrate. But then that, that's another battle. Magistrates now are attorneys. <laughs> you definitely don't want an attorney. <laughs> so, so you now basically have to ask for a special master, which a special ma master is someone that can operate without the state. But again, all these things are written in their own laws, but they're not following it. So if you're going to go down the path of trying to establish your true access to true a true court, true law, you're going to have to fight for it. And if you don't fight for it, you're not going to get it. You know, and right now I'm in that battle. I'm fighting the court clerk and one of the judges of a district court. And I'm painting them little by little into a corner. Yeah, let's again, you know, if you're listening to this show, you're listening to people who are not just talking the talk, they are walking the walk, and they are attempting to make you do the same by educating you in the way that we're doing today. Um, uh, uh, Richard, uh, thank you. you know, well, wait, one more thing. One more thing. Uh, I, I'm probably going to undertake that. My, my next question would be, under 18 U.S. Code 241, you can't do any of these behaviors under color of law, which is exactly what they're doing. Do you think there's any ability to take them to task under that section of U.S. Code? Well, if you're operating within your, within your state, you never you never want to operate federally. Okay, there's really no need for you to ever go federally because the minute you step into a federal court, you're actually screwing yourself by stepping yourself into an inferior court. All federal courts are inferior courts to your state court of general jurisdiction. So why would you want to step down? So, Bert, are you saying that the Supreme Court of the United States is inferior to the court we're talking about? Actually, the United States Supreme Court in its appellate capacity is inferior to the general jurisdiction court in your state. Hmm. And, the, and the obvious 
things that should jump out to people's mind is you cannot have a trial by jury in the uh, uh, United States Supreme Court. Or at least, I mean, you can, but they won't uh, give you access to that. And the, the moment you do not have access to a trial by jury, which is supposed to be a trial by the sovereigns, then you're in a limited jurisdiction court, which makes it an inferior court. And in support of that, uh, number 18 of these uh, outrageous facts, the most powerful court in America is not the United States Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. I don't know why Pennsylvania was chosen, uh, but I'm wondering if after Pennsylvania, each of the state superior courts then have more power than the federal court. Well, in that part, I don't know. I've I've, I've re- done some research into that, and I'm not I'm not sure I, I I buy that because the the Supreme Court in the you know quote unquote United States of America under the Articles of Confederation is supposed to be the court of the people. That's the Supreme Court. But by the, the things I quoted before, when Washington became the, the military dictator that he became, uh, he changed everything into districts, which outlawed all the courts because there were no more states. Well, so that's, really not, that's, not, that's not quite. I mean, that's just what they did federally. And if you look at the Congressional Act of pretty much any state, you will see that every state is actually created into a district like you're talking about. A but judicial district. Yeah, a judicial district, but that's for federal purposes. Well, and, and that's my similar. question. How do we how do we initiate that state uh, access? Uh, and you're fighting that, and I'm going to start fighting that too. That's that's right. the court of general jurisdiction, the court of record, definitely. All right, guys, thank you so much, Bert, for joining us. Thank you for the call, Richard, and Chris from Las Vegas as well. Good calls. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Join me tomorrow. We're going to have an interesting discussion on the true nature of the Bible. Hmm. Take care. OnlyFreeMen.com for Burke. Oh,
Pull them over to the side of the road Just like the time before and time before that In Patterson that's just the way things go If you're black you might as well not show up on the street Unless you wanna drive the hill You happened in a bar Remember you said you saw the getaway car How'd you like to play ball with the law? Think it might have been that fighter Running that night Don't forget that you were white Society a favor That son of a bitch is brave And getting braver We want to put his ass in the stir We want to pin this triple murder On him He ain't no gentleman jail Reuben's cars were marked in advance The trial was a Circus, he never stood a chance The judge made Ruben's witnesses Drunkards from the slums To the white folks he was just a revolutionary bomb To the black folks he was just a crazy nigger No one doubted that he pulled the trigger So they could not produce the gun Till they clear his name Give him back the time he's done 